The following podcast contains language that some may find offensive, concepts that some may find unsettling, and advice that some may find uncomfortable. It regularly contains ideas that have been described as questionable, outrageous, even immoral. Children should be shielded from its influence, and adults should proceed with caution. If you are still inclined to listen, be advised that nobody's nose makes no claim that you will emerge unaffected. You have been warned. So, red is bad? Red is bad. Red means we've gone too hot. Coming in hot, as the kids say. Do they say that? No. No, they don't. What do they say? Kids now? I don't fucking know. I don't have kids around me. Uh, they don't. I think I think adults think they said like on fleek. Huh? It's like a made up word on fleek. On I don't even know. I don't even know how to say it. Well, it's I like have, E-N, I have no use for kids. It's so. like E N space F L E E K on fleek. It's supposed to mean cool or something. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever. That's heard. fine. Just go back to when you were in high school Since and think a- of the things that we said. And what it sounded like to adults who had grown up in the 50s. Well, when I was growing up, it was like, for sure, totally. But I didn't prescribe to that or subscribe to that or whatever. You weren't a valley girl? No. I like the soundtrack, but... like the movie. You like the blonde in that movie. You know, she was a a voice actor for cartoons. Oh. And she was in Better Off Dead. Uh, I, I think she was one of the Rugrats. That's too much for me to, to take be in clear. At once. The blonde girl that gets naked in Valley Girl. Oh, I thought you meant the skinny one. That, no, that was in Night of the Comet. Okay, that girl's killer. Wait, is she in Valley Girl? Yeah, is she the, this... the lead? Isn't she? I don't think the lead is the is the sister in Night of the Comet. I don't. I don't remember Night of the Comet. I just remember it was at a mall. I but remember I, I think Night she... of the Comet. Now was she in it? No, I could have sworn that. Deb or whatever. Her I'm going to say right name. now, I consider Night of the Comet to be a classic. I watch it frequently. I love it. The thing at the mall, they go shopping. Did, did, was that even released on DVD? I think you can only get it on VHS. I oh. saw it recently on, it might have been on Netflix. Oh. Um, or it could be that it was just available on YouTube. But it's oh. fantastic. It has, it's got a bunch of good stuff in it, man. But yeah, I think we're mixing up... We're mixing up the girls. I don't think the girl from Valley Girl is the girl from Night of the Comet. By the way, we're starting our Star Wars Episode 7 Force Awakens episode of the podcast talking about Valley Girl and Night of the Comet, which I think is a fine way to start it. Oh, all right. The lead girl in Valley Girl is an actress named Deborah Foreman. She's known for Valley Girl and then... My chauffeur, she gets naked a lot in my chauffeur, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but those were stunt duties. What, Matt? I think it's important. You have to accept the fiction, okay? No, she, dude, those were stunt duties. N- no, no, no. I know stunt duties when I see stunt. Titties. Listen, when you're watching a movie right. and a guy gets thrown through a window, 
The actor then has to act like he's the actor that went through the window. Yes, we know a stuntman did it, but we still, in order to buy into the character and the story, we believe that character went through the window. And so, when this girl gets naked in My Chauffeur, it is her getting naked. Well, I mean... That's important. So, in your world, stunt titties can only be considered stunt titties if they're, like, going through glass or something. So if the titties themselves actually do stunts, then you'll accept stunt titties, the concept of stunt titties, but not until then. So basically, the... to satisfy you, Dave, we got to send a pair of titties through a plate glass window. You write that script, brother, and I'll help you make that movie. But let me tell you, one of the reasons I enjoy doing this podcast with you so much is that your take on what I just said was that I wanted to see titties going through a plate glass window. And that is not the way to combine those things that we were talking about. No, I I could see the look in your eye, Dave. You had that, I want to see a pair of tits go through a plate glass window look in your eyes. Not one, but both. But it needs to be triumphant. It needs to be like... Well, she can do a forward like roll. Like you heard the expression, like nipples that could cut glass. There's your, <laughs> there's your subhead right there. Bullet titties. Nipples that could cut glass, dot, mm. dot, dot. Because you got it. Leave a little for the imagination. You know what's cool is that this girl from Valley Girl, this woman, Deborah Foreman, she was also in MacGyver, the TV show. Oh, is that good? Uh, yeah. She was in Lunatics, A Love Story, which is a very cool movie. She she basically, she did a bunch of bad stuff. But the point was... Her titties could cut glass. That girl... Or nipples, sorry. ...is neither the girl from Night of the Comet, nor is she... Okay, no, because you said the blonde. Was the blonde in Valley Girl... The girl from Night of the Comet. You were talking about the topless blonde in Valley Girl. The topless blonde. I wasn't in... talking about her. You were talking about the star of Valley Girl. Well, the lead, yeah. Yes, okay. So she Can is. Can you call any of those roles? She is roles. definitively not the girl in Night of the Comet. And the girl you're talking about is the sister. The the there's a there's a lead female character in Night of the Comet. She's the girl that sleeps in the movie theater with the projectionist or whoever the guy that works at the movie theater, and that's oh, how dude, she survives. Like I saw parts of this movie once on like showtime in the early days you really probably need to have spent more time with this movie oh man that just made it sound like it was porno okay so here we go elizabeth daly is the blonde that we're talking about the the one that gets naked the one that is the, a voice on the rugrats she is known for a number of things she's in Wee's big adventure she's dotty i'm a loner dotty a rebel she is literally dotty this is who we're talking about. That's the blonde in Valley Girl. But not the lead. And no. Let's clarify this. The one who was fucking like Nicolas Cage. That's the lead. Right. That is not the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay. The blonde with she's one of the she's one of the friends of the Valley the Girl. The real the the stupid one with the titties. She's not stupid. <laughs> okay, she's not stupid. <laughs> um sh look. She just makes poor choices, is that it? Listen. This woman is in Valley Girl. What I, I Dave, I just meant she played a stupid person. I'm not saying she's stupid in real life. I'm sure she's got a PhD and fucking I don't know. Let me just break something down for you about Elizabeth Daly. Oh, okay. God, okay. She was in an episode of Laverne and Shirley. She was in an episode of Chips, the TV show. She was in Valley Girl, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and Better Off Dead. As far as I'm concerned, you can't really have a better pedigree than that. Like she is a superstar. She's in Streets of Fire. Do you understand how amazing that movie is? 
It's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, but I'm sure she well, she is just like what slut number three. Her character's name is Baby Doll. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You you've totally disproved every single one of my theories, Dave. All we've proved is that Elizabeth Daly was a super hottie who did amazing things, and then she went on to great voice work later on in life. And I think some really adult themed uh, like contemporary rock music also. Huh? She also sings. She's a like. Because remember, if you remember, in Better Off Dead, she's the vocalist on stage that sings the song Better Off Dead. So she's a singer-actress. She's a singer act. She's a slashy. Is that what they call it? Uh, I thought a slashy was someone who would get chopped up in a horror movie. That's like a slashy. Or a slashy. But not like a slashy. Uh, in 2016, Elizabeth Daly is playing a character named Sexhead in something called 31. So, yeah. Wait, Sex Head? Sex Head is her character name in 31. It is a horror film. What is it? Is oh, it... dude. 31 tells the story of five carnies in 1976 kidnapped on the morning of Halloween and held hostage in a remote industrial So she's hell, just like a head? Directed by Rob Zombie. It's a new Rob Zombie movie and he put her in it. So is she just like a head? I don't know. We'll, have to, wait. we'll have to wait until we see the new Rob Zombie or, movie. Or is she just like someone who gives a lot of head? You know, those carnies, they're they're really down with the oral, I hear. Was there anything else you needed to talk about that was not related to today's subject? Because we're doing a different kind of episode today. We're going to talk about one single subject for the whole episode. So what else have you got in your notes? Oh, okay. Now, this might be because I ate a bunch of candy before I saw The Force Awakens. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We haven't talked about The Force Awakens yet. Oh, do, you okay. have, do you have Star Wars-themed questions there? Well, just things that I noticed. Oh, well, we'll get to, let's get to that in the content. How about token Asian rolling paper ideas? You want to give some or to get some? No, I'm going to, I'm going to make some. I, I already know how to do that. I'm going to make a rubber stamp with the token Asian logo on it and then put uh, like a subhead. And I got a couple of subheads here. Okay. So um, these are for rolling papers to roll um, tobacco cigarettes in states where marijuana is not legal. Exactly. Or if you're really weird, herbal mint ones. Herbal mint. Okay. That are actually probably more harsh than tobacco, but you or, know. or cloves or whatever. Yeah. You can. I hear you can do cloves right out of the spice rack. Oh my god, dude! I knew bat cavers or goths or whatever the fuck they call them now, the the depressed ones who used to just smoke these straight clove cigarettes, and I swear they smelled like hams the whole time. Well, it's like we want to be evil. We're dark. No, well, listen, it's not like Christmas ham. You know that I haven't smoked or drank or done anything like that since the, the 80s. That's part of what goes on. I don't know if people know that, if they're just discovering this show, but that's part of the, the whole, what goes on here with this relationship is that Matt is the guy that does the token. And I'm just his friend that helps run the boards. But when I did smoke cigarettes, I smoked clove cigarettes. Yeah, those are like the worst. They sure smell good, though. You thought it smelled like ham? Yeah, it smells like Christmas ham. And it's just like, man, this Batcave chick is hot, but man, she smells like a fucking Christmas ham. See, that's the thing. To me, it just smells like hot 1980s New Wave girls. Well, to me, it smelled like Christmas ham. And I, sorry, even back then when I had a hard on like every fucking 10 seconds, nothing would I turn me off. I love that you off. changed course there and went from minutes to seconds mid-sentence. <laughs> well, I got to tell the truth. Um... No, I, I was full on robot chubby. Couldn't control the shit. Anyway, nothing would make it get Mr. Softy quicker than the smell of Christmas ham. 
because I just can't associate Christmas ham with hot. It's like, man, look at that fucking hot Christmas ham. It just doesn't register. Okay. But hey, you know, get yourself excited however you want, Dave. Oh, anyway, so I was going to make these rolling papers and, uh, you know, I needed some subheads for them. So Lil Ashy was one of them. Lil Ashy? You know, because it'll, it'll be just a regular size rolling paper. It'll be kind of like a, a, you know, send us a self-addressed stomped envelope and we'll send you rolling paper. And then another one would idea is tap that ash. Tap that ash. Yeah. Ascendo. Ash- I'm not sure what that means. <clears throat> That's just something that came to you? Yeah. And uh, whitey lighty. <laughs> whitey lighty? Yeah, I don't know what the hell that means. Or lighty whitey? Either one. Okay. It could be like forwards on one side and backwards on the other. Right. So so just to be clear, you're saying that you want to make some token Asian rolling papers mm-hmm. that people can get just by sending us a self-addressed stamped envelope. Or, you know, send Dave some pubic hairs or something. No, don't do that. But we're not offering that yet. You've not made them yet. No, this is an idea. Okay. But once it's available, we'll put information up in the store. You should probably just cut out this whole section. Uh, we went and saw the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> Which has nothing to do with what you just said. Matt and I went and saw the new Star Wars movie. We saw Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, just this morning. And this whole episode is just going to focus on that movie. Wait, We're this g- whole episode? This whole episode of The Token Asian. We're basically doing away with our standard segments, and we're going to discuss this huge cultural event that we witnessed. We're a couple weeks late, but okay, we so- needed to do it to go along with the recording of the episode. So, Well, I, I just... Were you the one that was talking about, like, you thought Jar Jar was the Phantom Menace? Yes. But w- do, you, do you want to get into all that stuff now well, no, before I, we talk yeah, about the, the movie? Sure. I'm, before, well, okay, but let's just do this. Before we talk at all, I'm going to say right now because it's important. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. The first spoiler is Matt's high. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Okay, that's not a spoiler at all. But we are going to say everything that happens in the movie. We're going to give away all the reveals. If you haven't seen The Force Awakens. Or The Phantom Menace. Or The Phantom Menace. (laughs) Oh, it's true. Any of these movies. Go see them. But I'm telling you, you can't go from this point forward because we're going to say shit like it's crazy when Han Solo dies. Oh, you see, like they're trying to pull in the information like, okay, he's going to give reasons why. It's going to be spoilers, and then you just dump that solo oh, thing on him. I, no, I just used that as an example. If that were one of the things that happens in the movie, go see it. No, oh, that was to them. Oh, we're supposed to fool them. Yeah, because that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. So Matt has some notes that he made, and uh, we want to talk about that stuff before we actually go through what happens in The Force Awakens and what we thought about it. So, Matt, let's go through your notes. You asked... First off, about Jar Jar. Yeah, like you was it you that was talking about the other day about Jar Jar being the Phantom Menace? Because so it's the, not my theory, but I was talking about a theory that's out there that the original intention was for Jar Jar to actually be a secret Sith master who was pulling all of the strings in the Phantom Menace. So we're talk we're talking Jar Jar the Jamaican guy. Jar Jar Banks, the Jamaican rabbit that steps in the poopy, as some have said. Was he a rabbit? I thought he was. Well, he's a little rabbit lizard thing. I don't know. Amphibian rabbit? He looked more like a a human platypus. Yeah, but he didn't have a beak. He kind of did. Did Jar Jar have a beak? It was beak-esque. Huh. Anyway, so, yeah, because there's, what, Palpatine is too obvious, so the actual Phantom Menace is the dumb one. 
Yeah, so th there's things, this is true. If you go online and you find the videos that people have made about Jar Jar being the actual evil Sith Lord, there's some really strange choices that were made regarding Jar Jar in The Phantom Menace. And just go watch. And it's just, I mean, just go watch the stuff on YouTube. You don't have to watch the whole movie again. But he has abilities that are strange and also ignored. Like, it's almost like he's... Well, like he sticks his tongue out? And no, when they first get to the water where he tells them... Uh, my city is down here. He does like a 20 foot leap in the air with a flip and then jumps in, in a perfect dive into the water. And they, the Jedi don't think twice about it because it's a total Jedi style move. Yeah. But he's part frog or something. Right. And that would be what people would think. Right. But it is, you don't see a lot of other characters making moves like that, that aren't Jedi in the movie. They don't have some kind of training. And he does all these things where supposedly, miraculously, he doesn't die or get punished or get... I mean, during that final battle with the droid army, he's like flipping around and like shooting robots without looking. I mean, it's very strange. Stranger than the than the capitalist uh, aliens being all Japanese? No, not stranger than that. There's, there, well, yeah, you, you have a problem with the, the sort of Asian take on the uh, blockade aliens, right? The Trade Federation aliens? Yeah, I mean, they might as well have said, again, oh, the U.S. must go down in ball of flame. You know, it's just like, fuck. Why, why aren't they flying the big royal hey. Japanese flag? Hey, uh, so what happens in Phantom Menace? What's that embargo all about? What? So that's the collective answer for America, for the world. Thank you. What is the embargo that the Trade Federation puts in place? What is the embargo the Trade Federation puts in place? I don't remember. That's what the whole movie's about to begin with, right? All I was, remember was like, man, what was Lucas thinking making these guys Japanese? Oh, you were so offended by the supposed racism. Well, it's like, you know, at least make uh, have them dressed like they're from Japan if you're going to make them Japanese. But they're they're aliens. So honestly... You could just make an alien and then after well, the that fact... Doesn't, that doesn't speak too well of, of Mr. Lucas. Well, you just make... Like an illegal al aliens. <laughs> you just make an alien and then after the fact people say, well, that looks kind of Japanese because Japanese is a type of person on the planet that people know. But maybe the aliens are in no way supposed to be like humans. We don't need to anthropomorphize the aliens. Well, then in that case, give them all Southern accents. It's like... What, what are they again? They're the Trade Federation. What do they I trade? Think they were, I don't. I was asking you to explain it. I don't think anyone actually knows what's exactly happening in the Phantom Menace. Uh, it's probably oil. It always is oil. Space oil. Fuel. Fuel cells. I think they've solved the, the energy problem in that future. They don't. There's not a. There doesn't seem to be any problem with power in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh, they just don't trust them because I mean, they, they know how to get water out of deserts. They know how to get everything powers up and lasts forever. See, I think they don't trust Nemodians because of their their large round eyes. I'm sorry, what's a Nemodian? <laughs> that's what that's the name of the Japanese race in Star Wars Phantom Menace. Nemodium AD. There you go. Okay. It always comes down to the anus. Um, say that in the the Asian voice. <laughs> it all comes down to the anus. Since we're not going to have a yellow lens segment on this episode, I'll just throw a couple of little uh, wind chimes behind that. We'll be yeah, good. Yeah, why don't they have a yellow lightsaber? I've always wondered that. Are there no yellow sabers? There are no yellow sabers. Are you sure there's no yellow lightsabers? 
I've never seen a yellow lightsaber. I've seen blue ones, red ones, Samuel Jackson with his lavender, what, pimp, purple, <laughs> pimp saber. He's going to have a purple lightsaber. Yeah. And uh, green ones. Diary said green. Supposedly the color of the sabers mean something. Yeah. And red for Sith. And maybe that'll be the next episode. An all Asian Jedi group that have yellow lightsabers. If a bunch of Asian Jedi showed up and their lightsabers were yellow, it would be the most racist thing in a movie ever. Yeah, but like you have to put that on a comedy show. You can't. (laughs) Dude, that, that'd be, but if I saw that, I would just be like, how the hell did I work on this movie and not remember it? Because that would be, that'd be something that I would do if I was an art director, <laughs> which is probably why I'm not an art director for, for Star Wars. Oh, that's why? <laughs> well, I mean, the only other role I could think of for Asians is like, if, if they had a, a, a gardener who had hedge clippers that were like lightsabers and, vroom, and look, I, I carved the hedge and. In but Matt, TIE Fighter. there are legit Asian characters in this new movie. I don't... Uh, Yoda's not in this movie. No, one of the main... So, the character that played Miles did on I, Lost did I, did I, is one of the was one of the rebel leaders. Well, did I tell you that my grandma... Or they call them the Resistance now. Did, did I tell you my grandma thought that when she first saw pictures that I had for Empire Strikes Back, she thought it was great that they had, that they cast a Japanese person in Empire Strikes Back when she saw Yoda? <laughs> Your grandmother. My grandmother. A Japanese person. Yeah, thought that Yoda was a Japanese person. That they, I'm not, like they added ears to him or something. Like she wasn't familiar with special effects and stuff. She just figured, oh, they threw some, they threw some Spock ears on, on some, you know, cool little person Asian guy. That's on the, she's, that's on the moving pictures. So it's real. I guess. I don't know. Technology. On the picture machine. Well, it wasn't like that. I mean, she just saw that, saw the pictures of it, and it's like, oh, Asian guy with the weird ears. And it was a, a Muppet. Legitimately a Muppet. Voiced well, by I mean, Frank she, Oz. She's, she's, the voice of Miss Piggy she's is the voice of... already by then. She doesn't know what the hell a Muppet is. It's true that the voice of Miss Piggy is the voice of Yoda. Yeah. Which means what? I don't know. I know there's like a pork joke in there somewhere, but I'm not sure how to extract it. It's like a root of a wisdom tooth. You had that happen recently. You had your, a bunch of teeth pulled out of your head. Well, roots of teeth. Roots of teeth. Parts of teeth. So, segue, which is fine. We'll do that throughout this episode. I had to take you into the dentist and bring you back because they were actually putting you under sedation dentistry because you had multiple roots of teeth that were missing that had to come out of your, your head. Yeah, wisdom teeth. Wis- they were all wisdom teeth. Yeah, uh, because I was grinding them and they broke all apart. But you did actually pull some of your own teeth at home well pieces in the past right you've done home dentistry on yourself well i'm you make it sound so barbaric i just put you know you just put pliers in your mouth and take them out it's not that big of a deal you make it sound barbaric i just put pliers in my mouth and yanked the teeth out well i mean what it, it hurts worse if they're Digging into something. In Castaway, he uses an ice skate and a rock, and he bashes a, the rotten tooth out of his head. In what? In the movie Castaway. Yeah. Which reminded me of you in your apartment back in the day doing home dentistry in the middle of the night. And I remember, I always assumed you did everything in the middle of the night. Well, yeah, because most of the time I probably was. But uh, no, I mean, it's... So you got you got dental insurance, and you went in, and you had them pull all this stuff out. Yeah. Now, what I thought was funny and what I will share with our audience is 
that they had me come back. I had to drive you home. Someone had to like be there to pick you up. They couldn't just let you go and get on a bus to go home. So I had to be down there. They come get me. They take me in the back. I get back there and you're laying out on this thing. You're just starting to come out of the drugs and you're coming out pretty quick. They thought you'd be out a lot longer. You came out fast and you immediately wanted to talk, but your mouth was full of gauze and they were like, stop trying to talk. So you asked for a paper and they had given me the instructions on the drugs that you were supposed to get and take. So I give you a pencil and I give you this paper and you start trying to write. And you were still so under the influence of the drugs that you couldn't write. You probably have that piece of paper at home. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know. On the back. Yeah, I still have it. There's, I wrote something about, there's like a sentence on there that it's like, Negro something gold penis. <laughs> Later, you were trying to reference the Dick of Gold video that we oh. used to watch. And I don't know why you would use a word like Negro, but you did. <laughs> Oh, well, and you that, were but, but then I changed it. it to Negroid because I thought that because you thought that would make it much better. Yeah, I don't know. I don't keep up on the lingo. I don't know if this video is on YouTube. I'll try to find it if it is because it's a classic that you reference a lot. You've referenced it on the show. Of no, color, no. it's a guy giving some directions. A guy of color. Sure, he's giving directions yeah. to someone in a car. I'm trying to redeem myself, you know. And he has this long conversation with the guy driving the car, who he's trying to give the directions to, and they start for some reason talking about his dick yeah because he wants to show off his dick and he says i got a dick of gold say it in order because i got a lolly dick i got a good dick i got a lovely dick dick. i got a dick of gold that's how he ends it okay that is there's something about that that's really special plus the way he's saying it is funny as hell yeah i'll try to find the video i don't know if it exists if it's on youtube we'll share it with everybody else otherwise yeah for some reason, when you woke up out of your sedation dentistry, you were thinking of that. Yeah, that's really weird. Okay. You also, you overheard them giving me your drug instructions and immediately started to worry that you weren't going to be able to smoke weed. Well, you were, you were trying to make it sound like that. And so you were then trying to write out and trying to, eventually you drew a picture of a bong. Yeah. That's... And then I had to ask, is he going to be able to smoke? And they said, he can't do any suction through his mouth and i stuck to that regiment like nobody's business i'm sure you did and you still not being able to communicate said when they said that you said vape and they said probably not going to be any different but then on later in the car on the way to get your medication you told me you were going to rig up some kind of nose breathing apparatus so that you could vape through your nose (laughs) god that would have been a harsh toke so yeah back to star wars in fact, did you have any other notes that didn't relate to Force Awakens or do we want to get into Force Awakens? Oh, okay. Force. Oh, that didn't have that to didn't have to do. Because you talked about the Jar Jar thing and that's just something I saw online. It's interesting though. No, nope, that was it, I think. Because everything else has to do with, with the movie we saw. All right. Well, let's talk about the movie we saw. Let's talk about overall impressions. We went and saw The Force Awakens today. It was my second time seeing it. It was your first time seeing it. Uh, I had a different impression the second time through than I did the first time. Matt, uh, what was your impression overall of the movie that we saw today? It was a good movie to see stoned. Um, Okay, you would see all movies stoned, though. I wish I hadn't seen Nightmare Before Christmas stoned because that was a little creepy. I mean, I have no problem watching it, just watching it normally. But, man, after I smoked weed, it just kind of freaked me out. 
Okay, but but what about now? When you say Force Awakens is a good movie to see stoned, are you saying that that's the caveat? Like you don't know if it would be a good movie to see not stoned? Well, I don't know other people's opinions. How did you feel about the movie? Mm, it was good. I mean, you've been a Star Wars fan as long as I've known you. Well, they, you've been you've collected. You always collect all the Star Wars figures. And well, toys I didn't. And stuff. Okay, I'll, let me put it this way. I didn't say what the fuck. So. Like a lot of times, like I did when I saw the first, uh, the prequels, the prequels, the first movie from the prequels. I think we can, I think we can safely say that it does not have the damage of the prequels. Well, I mean, it's like, I don't know what they were thinking because I thought they, in the original trilogy, they brought in this second and third director because George Lucas wasn't very good at directing. Look, I'm going to say, I think Star Wars, the first one, and I'm not going to call it episode four, A New Hope. It's called Star Wars because when I saw it in the theater, it was called Star Wars. I know. You, you keep getting older I know. in front of my eyes. <laughs> hey, you saw it when it was called Star Wars 2, did you not? Yeah. I mean, Star Wars as well. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Okay. That movie. But I let it go. <laughs> let it go, Dave. <laughs> that movie is a good movie. He did a good job directing that movie. Yeah. And I like his other movies from the time. You liked Howard the Duck? No, from the time. Howard the Duck is after. Yeah. Did, did did George Lucas direct Howard the Duck? I, yeah, I think so. Or did he just produce it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's... Ugh. No, I like Corvette Summer. Okay, I know he didn't do Corvette Summer. Did he do Corvette Summer? No, it just has Mark Hamill in a sweet Corvette. Hence the name, Corvette Summer. Eh, I think some girls get naked in it, too. That was a big oh, deal. Oh, were any of their names Summer? No. No, 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 no. But he definitely, I think he has sex in a van in that one. I don't think it's in the Corvette, but I'm not sure. It should have been van summer then. Kind of false advertising, but hey, whatever. Okay. Uh, no, I liked uh, American Graffiti. That was before Star Wars. Yeah, but it's, it's yeah, but it's, he he could make a movie. He could make an interesting movie. He inspired Happy Days, man. Then what what was the problem with, with the Phantom Menace? Cause I, I, I'm not like most people. I, I thought the second and third one were all right. Okay, they get. They get increasingly watchable, but you're still on a foundation of shit. So you're still you're still making better See, versions I, I, of. I, I don't know about foundation of shit. That's a little. That's a little strong. Yeah, I am being strong with it. But here's what I'll say: the thing that happened to Spielberg that made him want to take the guns out of E.T. and replace them with walkie-talkies. That thing is what. Lucas basically did to Star Wars entirely by making The Phantom Menace. Like, wherever those guys were at in their life, where they were just looking at the world differently, and they think like, well, this is a kid's movie, and there's guns in it, so I'm going to retroactively remove the guns from the authority figures because that's scary. That's also present in Lucas wanting to make it so that Greedo shot first and not Han. And Phantom Menace is like an entire movie of Greedo shot first. How's that? I didn't see any. It's awful. Well, I mean, the whole movie's awful. Oh yeah, but I, I with okay with decisions made by the kind of guy that would want to change the movie so that Greedo shot first. Are we still talking about Phantom Menace or Episode Four? We're talking oh, about sorry Star Wars. The same guy <laughs> episode. We'll call it Episode Four. That's fine. I just wanted to make sure that I, I, I put my claim out there about how I felt about that. But the same guy that made the movie where Han shot first and made him a badass who is redeemed through the course of the movie, which is a hero's journey. That is what happens in, in star Wars. That same director goes and makes movies later 
where he makes bad movies in the universe that he created. But he also goes and fucks with the original movie and using digital bullshit makes it so that Han Solo wasn't a badass who shot first. Greedo shot first, even though that's not what happened in the movie. So the kind of decision making that makes you want to go back and fuck with people's memories and change a scene, a beloved scene from a a movie like Star Wars, that same decision making is on display in every scene of Phantom Menace. <laughs> I, I you totally lost me. Man. Whereas Empire Strikes Back is considered one of the best sequels of all time, you're right because different people are deserving. Kirshner directed it. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's dark and it's you know. I still love Star Wars though. Of all the movies, I love Episode Four, Star Wars, the first one I saw. That's the story. That's the origin story. That's the for me. That's that's where it all starts. I, you know. I'm all about uh, the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> I have unfortunately spent some time with the Star Wars Christmas special this year. I I have it on DVD. Yeah, it's a bootleg. (laughs) You know, people get caught up on the fact that the the Wookiees have nicknames. There's there's Itchy. Oh, are those nicknames? And then, well, yeah, that's their names in the show, right? But Chewbacca's nickname is Chewy. So clearly... Ichabaka would be his name? Um, something like that, Ichabaka. It would just be a it would be a Wookiee word that translates out to a nickname, right? That that sounds like something. So there's there's Itchy Mala, who would be like Mala and from what I understand, someone did write like a novelization or there's like some sort of Dude, I got a copy of the script. Yeah, there's some sort of explanation of what their real names are, and it is like that. They're Wookiee names. But they just shorten them for, you know, human beings. For Life Day. Life Day. Life Day is the thing oh, they're right. celebrating in the Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, man. Script writers were on some serious acid or something when they wrote that one. Okay. Bruce Valanche was one of the people that wrote the script for the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, the Jerry Garcia looking guy? Yeah. <laughs> no wonder it was so Yeah, weird. they got people who did uh, variety shows, and that's why it's like all the people on it are... But who who are the who are the stars of the show other than the regular Star Wars people who did the little bit parts? Oh, like fucking Art Carney. Art Carney and Maud. Ma- <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember her name. The Golden Girl chick. Yes, yes. Ma. I like that you called her Maud before you called her a Golden Girl. That's fantastic. Well, it just shows how fucking old I am. Um, and then there was Diane Warwick. I think. Not Warwick. Uh, Lane. I. No, it was Warwick, wasn't she it? She got no. No, it's... Hold on. Do you want me to look it up? Diane Carroll. Diane Carroll. And she got tricked into doing an early version of uh, internet porn, like like chat room porn. Wait, how do you get tricked into that? Well, I don't think that they explain... I actually heard it. I listened to another podcast where they broke down some of the stuff behind the scenes on this. And see, that world... That whole like idea of like putting on a headset and seeing a visual and ha- and communicating with someone and do and like having it be kind of sexual that she, wasn't a thing that existed well, at she, the time. I know maybe she did it pretty man. She's pretty old. So I think that they basically wrinkle porn. She wasn't that old then. She was okay. Well, yeah, but you just said that. But they it, didn't have that technology in the seventies. However, it is straight up supposed to be a sexual encounter. And that was, I mean, there are people that have said who were involved in the production of the show later that that's, that was what they were going for. They were trying to sneak it through under the idea that it was this science fiction thing. They were trying to get sex on TV. Oh, you're talking about when the, the grandpa was looking through those glasses? When grandpa's looking through that, because that's the part with her, with Diane Carroll. Yeah, but she's singing. She's not fucking. Oh, no, but she starts, ta- they chat first. They chat first and she invites him to like this like fantasy thing. It's 
Dude, go back and watch it again, man. I it's... don't want to watch it again. Fuck. <laughs> but this is... Imp- okay, here's, the I think, the most stunning thing about the Star Wars Christmas special is that almost everything that has been made is not canon. And canon means, for people who don't understand, like, you can... Like, Marvel Comics did an entire series of Star Wars comics that are very, very cool. But in terms of when you watch the movie, you're not supposed to think those things actually happened to those characters at any point. However, still... You are supposed to believe that the Star Wars Christmas special actually did happen to the characters in the current Star Wars. No universe. way. Yes, it's canon. Well, then, the Star then, Wars Christmas then special. Then why does George Lucas like block and and take down like every torrent of the thing that he finds? It's still considered. There is a set of rules on what's considered canon, and the Star Wars Christmas special is in it. I don't know about that, dude. <laughs> That's what I have heard. I can't prove it, but you can't prove it's not. So you're trying to tell me that like fucking Maud was in the is canon. Yeah, that wo- that woman being a cantina barkeep from wherever she was from. I believe she was come it was coming from the bar in Tatooine in uh, in and and Princess Leia is totally into booze and cocaine. I know. Yeah, I know. Far fetched, right? Also, she sings the lyrics to the Star Wars theme song at the end of the show. Right. That song she sings. Right. I like Bill Murray's version better, but, you know. Could you do a little bit of that? Star Wars all about Star Wars. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So let's get back to uh, Force Awakens. So you enjoyed Force Awakens. More or less. There was, like, some confusing shit. What's confusing? Because I've seen it twice, and I actually... Okay, so my impression was this. I came out of Force Awakens the first time. I watched it with a childlike joy. There is something that J.J. Abrams was able to capture in this movie, and it, everyone's been saying it, and it's totally true. He so caught the feel, the look and feel of Star Wars. And there's humor that is not, it doesn't miss. It actually feels like these are real people that are saying the kind of shit they might actually say in some of these situations. And if you go back and watch Star Wars, Han Solo talked shit and was funny sometimes, you know? So I think that really worked. But it just, it, it felt real. Everything had a physical presence. It wasn't like they were acting in front of a green screen. They were getting into props that well, there were the was, actual. There was a lot of practical stuff used in this one. Right. Which is that. And that's what Star Wars was. Well, I, I mean, mean, you got to yeah, imagine though, like in, in the one through three trilogy, like, have you seen the production photos? It's, it's basically the actors acting next to green globes and blue background. Right, I mean, you're talking about Phantom Menace, Attack yeah, of the Clones. Yeah, there's, and, there's no, like, interaction, so... Right, and you... Of course you're not going to get that right, it doesn't, performance. Right, it doesn't trick you into feeling like you're actually as involved. You just It's just hard to get as invested in it. It looks like more like you're watching a video game. Well, it's because the actors, too, are playing off of a green screen, and, like, all the subtleties aren't there that, you know, of interacting with your surroundings. Yes, there is a definite sense of weight at times in this movie when things happen like like for example when when finn when the finn character bb8 the bb8 droid gets kind of he so he's going to try to help him down and do a thing and he ends up being way heavier than he thought he was going to be and he like falls with it stuff like that is like you know if they were animating that they wouldn't have to do that yeah that's true but so i loved it and then when i left on the ride home i was really frustrated and i just kept saying and Michael Ann was annoyed she was like I can't help you with any of these problems you're having but I was there were just things about the movie that bothered me even though overall I had a great experience watching it and I really loved it I was just annoyed by little details um and some of that watching it the second time 
I realized that some of the things that I thought were kind of annoying, you don't even notice that they're, they're answered or there's, they're hinted at because you don't know what to look for your first time through. This is a definite, I feel this is a definite watch it a second time movie. There's cool little things. Oh, I got to watch it again. It's, you, you get to watch it again. It's awesome. So I don't have as big of problems. I still have some issues with it. Uh, we can get to that as we talk about it, though. So that's how I felt about it. Should we break down what the story is or should we just talk about the parts that, that we had issues with now? Assuming that people that are listening to this have seen the movie already. Well, if this is the first time they're hearing about the movie, they might want to, I don't know, like actually get on the computer once in a while or something. Yes, but remember, we... Like if we're the voice that's bringing them Star Wars, they're out, they're even more out of touch than I am. Yes, but you still, we can't speak in shorthand because that cuts out someone who doesn't know the shorthand. So it's... Shorthand? Shorthand. Like... I like the long hand, Dave. Yeah. You've told me that. Or no, the strong hand. Or is it the wrong hand? I'm not sure. Matt, it's best when it's all three. What were uh, what were your issues with the movie? Um, well, I thought it was weird that there wasn't. It didn't seem like they cared after they shot like five planets at once. Okay, one of my big issues with the movie <laughs> is there's not enough gravity on the destruction of five entire worlds of well, people. Well, they should have at least had one insert shot of people catching on fire or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so it's from the point of view as, you know, because the way they shot it, where there's no shots of, is this even important? Because it, it, it almost looks like they're shooting and blowing up five moons yes. that aren't inhabited. Yes. And it's just kind of like, well, oh, if you remember, are we supposed to be scared because they demonstrated their firepower? There's you know? a planet that I think we're supposed to think is Coruscant. I don't know, though. It's been argued whether or not it was. There's the one planet where you see all of the people in the city and they see the red coming and they get obliterated. Oh, I don't know. And that's the one where you see all the ships in orbit around it all get destroyed also. Right, but I, I didn't think that, that that scene wasn't strong enough where it... It was it, not strong it, enough. It was like... It was an observation of what was going on. It it did. I didn't feel that it showed that it happened to them. Yep. And this is my number one. It's your, uh, you brought it up. So I'm assuming you too. It's my number one issue with the movie in the original star Wars. When they're going to test the effectiveness of the weapon on the death star, they say they're going to blow up Alderaan and they're going to blow up Alderaan because they've got princess Leia there and they caught her doing her shit. And so they bring her out on the bridge, right? And her planet's right there. Her family's there. Everyone she has ever known on that planet is there. And they say, we're going to test this weapon on your home planet. This battle station can destroy a planet. We're going to test it there unless you tell us where the rebel base is. And she argues. And then she tells them a place. And they say, interesting. Okay. Fire when ready. And then they charge the thing up and then they argue with her. She argues and says, I told you. And they go, whatever, this will make, you know, we're going to do it anyway. You gave us the information, but then we get to see her suffer while they get ready to fire as she gets ready to see her family killed. And then they blow up the planet. And then it cuts to Obi-Wan having his little like breakdown voices cried out and we're suddenly silenced. So there's, there's some gravity to the destruction of a thing that we've never seen in the movie. We haven't been on Alderaan. Right. This movie did none of that. It destroys five planets in one shot, and we don't get that lead up. They tried to do it. I understand that they tried to do it because you saw all these other people seeing this big beam go through space. Yeah, but, but they couldn't have known what that was. 
Or, no one knew what well, it was. And, and it wasn't like it was coming straight at them. They were all looking at it going through the sky. They were looking at it going through the sky. And then the last one, it was the people on the planet looking up as it was coming straight at them. And then it all turned red. That was the only shot of people on the planet that got killed. But those weren't characters we knew. We didn't lose a character in that. We should have been introduced to another character that had been on a mission to one of those planets who died, who was killed in the blast, because that would have made us invested in the fact that billions of people were just killed. Wedge. He, they could have put Wedge. Oh, my <laughs> God. Can you imagine if Wedge had survived everything just to die, <laughs> die on a dip on a mission? to? Right. And so and he was there just to pick up food. Oh, he's just on a milk <laughs> yeah, he's run. Just no, like, he's just on a beer run. So, okay, so the, the point that it's supposed to make is that they've got this new star killer base, which is exponentially bigger than the Death Star, and it, it doesn't just blow up one planet. It shoots a beam that then splits apart and destroys every planet in a system. Oh, was that the story, the whole system? Right, because they said, when they're sitting around talking, they're like, destroyed an entire system. The whatever system they probably have a name have, for I'm it. probably going to have to read the, the Hosnian, book. The Hosnian system, I believe is what they Ho- called it. God, the, the, the McKenzie brothers helped write the script, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. The Hosnian system. <laughs> the McKenzie brothers. Well, okay. It's a 30, 40-year-old reference, but what are you going to do? Hey, I got a great idea, eh? <laughs> Someone will get that. Some old fuck. <laughs> All right, so yes, a. number one issue with the movie, I still like the movie despite the fact that it was, I feel it was handled poorly. And all of that is just a setup for the charging of the weapon. The weapon is now charged by draining the entire power of a nearby star. Once it charges, it then unleashes the power of that star onto other planets and destroys them. Yeah, and that's a little weird too because wouldn't, if you're depleting a star that these planets are around, wouldn't that like just eliminate the gravity of those planets would just shoot out into space? Okay. There's no actual physics or science at Dude, play here. I, I just have to fucking drop yeah, some yeah. Machiro on you. No, no, whatever no, that no. guy, the you. guy with the gray hair. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you might as well say how do lightsabers actually work? Plasma beams, dude. Plasma beams. But how do they end at one specific spot? Computers. There. <laughs> I just threw that in the water. <laughs> Okay. Dude, I just killed it, man. I just killed it. I should have been on the debate team. Matt, we are at a point in human advancement where, where ships just take off and, and speeders, everything is anti-grav. They have anti-grav for everything. So those planets are no longer held in place by orbital systems around stars or anything. They're held in place by their own internal gravitation drives that have been put in. No, they're not. It's the force. <laughs> <laughs> but why would you rely on something as... Un, you know, uncontrollable is nature if you can create a thing that will do what you want with science and computers, as you pointed out. I don't know. You know what they should have done? Starkiller Base should have actually created a giant version of a Sith lightsaber that lanced out in one big beam and then it would turn and it would be like it was cutting up the planet like a giant lightsaber. Yeah, that would have been great. And they could like Zorro planets. Yeah, I don't know. You don't like that idea. No, I, I, they need to come up with something a little better than planet. I mean, I understand, I understand why they did the planet thing because, you know, it's, it's a planet. So it, there's a limited number of textures. So you can just, you know, 
the only part that's the ship that you actually have to texture real detailed is right in the center. And then the rest, oh, we'll just put a map of a, a rock. Oh, wait, you're talking about the special effects for the yeah. movie. You would have rather it been a real Death Star Death Star. Well, or a ship or something. But I the understand letter, why they did that. The Red Letter Media guys, before the um, movie came out, when we only had the previews to go by, the Red Letter Media guys were sure. Um, that the, And Red Letter Media is a great site that people should go to. And they do. It's the guy that did the long, like nine part or seven part, like breakdown of what was wrong with the Phantom Menace. And he does these really, really in depth reviews of movies that are longer than the movies. Wow. Um, and they do they do some great, some really great review shows. They do a thing called Half in the Bag. They did a a, a thing where they were um making predictions about Force Awakens, and they thought for sure that what was happening was that the Empire had to build another Death Star inside a planet to hide it. The way the rebels were like hiding on Hoth mm-hmm. in Empire. So he thought that what was going to happen was the whole surface of the planet was going to just burn away and it was just going to leave a big star killer base thing. It wasn't going to be that they just used a planet. They were actually going to it was going to end up being, you know, a giant metal moon type thing. Now, did it? T- I can't re- even remember did it because I guess the candy was kicking in full time toward the end. But the candy kicking in, meaning the the THC laced candy that you were eating. Hey, man, I wanted to keep it low pro. But... Just so people don't think you're talking about gummy bears. Oh, dude, I should make gummy bear with THC in them. Anyway, uh, what were they talking about? Oh, uh, now did the Star Killer thing, did that completely explode at the end? Yes. Now, they one thing that I did like is that they thought that they could just destroy the weapons system. At one point, Han Solo says, yeah, we can just blow, there's always a way to blow these things up, right? Which is super cool because they blew up two Death Stars in the past. So, And the shield generator. And the shield generator, yes. So the, the basically they said th- they have one of the characters, Finn, is a stormtrooper who had worked on it and who is now on but their side. But he's black. But he's black. He's a black stormtrooper. That was my, he's um, a legitimately black stormtrooper. But that was, that was my um, lethal weapon. Lethal weapons? Are you talking about porn stars again? Lethal weapon. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know lethal weapon very well. Oh, well, there, there's a line in there. It's like the guy from South Africa can't believe that Briggs is black. That was where that was from. Oh, okay. I'm not trying to say that there's South Africans. And no, I got you. Well, the funny thing is when the first trailer came out and you saw the black stormtrooper, everyone was like, there can't be black stormtroopers. And then a whole bunch of people. And I have to admit, I fell into this camp. We're like, well, he's probably was a spy and you just have the helmet on. You don't know what the person looks like. Right. And I knew he was supposed to be a, a good character. So I assumed he was a rebel spy the way that Luke and Han put the stormtrooper outfits on in, in the first star Wars. But no, he's legitimately a stormtrooper. He doesn't even have a name. He's F N something, something. Yeah. Like that wasn't very subtle. And then they end up calling him Finn because he was F N. Oh, right. That's where his name. Big comes deal. From. And then, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so Han Solo calls him big deal because he says at one point when he's lying, I'm a big deal with the resistance. Right. Right. Okay. So he knows a little bit about, he says he knows a little bit about Starkiller base, but he doesn't. He's actually just lying to get them to take him back there. But we don't find that out until a very funny exchange that comes later. I told you there's going to be spoilers in this thing. But once he gets there, he does help them do what they need to do, which is get the shields down. They need to get the shields down so that the X-Wings can come in and blow up this thing, which is essentially like it keeps the weapon from overheating. Right. So has anyone complained yet? Like, and gone, oh man, okay, the Black Stormtrooper was the janitor. I don't think that's what it was. I think that you can maybe assume that uh, 
Maybe half their stormtroopers are black. Well, no, he's he's in sanitation. He said he was in sanitation, but I believe that the reason why that line is in there, I believe that the reason that stormtrooper was in sanitation is because of the argument about Star Wars and clerks, where Randall says to Dante, do you think the average stormtrooper knows how to change out a toilet? Oh, I thought it was because they wanted to include that line about the trash compactor. I think that too, but so that they all know about trash compactors, right? But- but there is a, so yes, there's a trash compactor line uh, later. But yes, I do think that the idea that a stormtrooper works in sanitation is a reference to Clerks. Oh, I, thought... I mean, J.J. Abrams had Kevin Smith come to the set during the filming of Star Wars. He is aware of Clerks. He knows that people love the conversation about Star Wars and Clerks, and there just happens to be a reference in this new movie that could be related to it. Come on, that's not a mistake. Well, I mean, they should have just had a stormtrooper like when the place is blowing up just scream out i didn't sign up for this right because they all well they, they did better than i wasn't that. supposed to work today they did better than that they they did reference you'll note that when there's that nazi scene when they're when the guy is giving the hitler-like speech and he says they're going to test the effectiveness of the battle station um he does say this mighty battle station that you all built so he even says you built it to them he doesn't like it's the, there's no independent contractors, right? The the Imperial Army actually did build the the Star Killer base. Eh, they probably subcontracted. Yeah, they probably did, but that gets to the heart of that whole thing. So anyway, the the thing is, they say that between what they were able to see through reconnaissance missions and the information that Finn gives them, that if they destroy this one part that's on the surface, they can disable the gun and destabilize the planet, but they don't know what will happen. What ends up happening is it does destroy the planet, but it's more like that was just an after effect. There's a, it creates this critical response that no one can, can do anything about. And the planet, it explodes. But if you notice, and I noticed this watching the second time, when the big explosion happens, it happens at the end of every one of these movies. Uh, and the ships are flying away. You get the Millennium Falcon and the surviving X-Wings and no Y-Wings because there's no Y-Wings in the movie, which is another thing that pissed me off. When they fly away... What's left looks like a sun that doesn't explode. And it had just drained a sun into its core. So I think we're supposed to think that there's a sun there now. So the Death Star or the Star Killer is now a sun? It kind of looks that way. I mean, they don't say anything about it, but it kind of looks like... Because remember, it had just drained all the power out of, an, uh, out of a, a star to fire, and it didn't fire. Oh. So it's like it got all backed up in the tubes and just fucking the nuts blew up. Yeah, it could, that could have been what happened. Like, I think that's a good way to sum it up there. Yeah. Another issue that I have with the movie. You talked about the garbage shoot thing. That's when they talk about what they're going to do with Captain Phasma. Mm-hmm. Captain Phasma is this silver stormtrooper. And Captain Phasma does very little in the movie. There is no action scene with Captain Phasma in it. I thought that they should have given her a better looking chest plate. G- given her a better looking chest plate? Yeah, because she looked like a dude. Right. You only know that Phasma is a woman because of the voice. She has this armor that actually probably was a great idea at some point. Supposedly, it's inspired by the ball from the movie Phantasm. See, if that was the case, then they should have had drills come out of her breasts. If two, like, spiked blades came out of the front. But she would have had to have had a fight scene for that to happen. Well, I'd write a fight scene if I saw blades coming out of a chest. Now, that's fight scene writing worthy. Now, here is one of my other... This is probably my only other major issue with the movie. And after this, I'm pretty happy with all of it, other than a couple minor things. So, 
one important piece of this movie is Luke Skywalker's lightsaber mm-hmm. is retrieved. Like it is found in this basement vault of this like smuggler queen's castle. And Finn ends up with this lightsaber. Now, remember, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber is actually Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. It's the original Darth Vader lightsaber before, you know, before he makes his own red one later. And he makes a green one. Luke makes a green one. Yeah. The first lightsaber, the Anakin Skywalker lightsaber is blue. The oh, Darth right. Vader lightsaber is red because he's Sith at that point. Mm. Sith re- lightsabers are red. And then when when Luke actually creates his own lightsaber, it comes out green. So this is the blue lightsaber. This is an ancient right. lightsaber. So at this do you point. think Luke Skywalker smoked weed? And that's why it was green. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because because ever since the Wampa scratch on his the thing people don't know is that they can do an awful lot like medical droids like those medic bots can do an awful lot to like make you look better they can heal up some of the scarring from like being on a wampa attack but you'll feel like it never fully heals on the inside like it hurts so he was probably medicating pain with uh with weed yeah makes sense sure okay listen <laughs> weed in a galaxy far far away that's that's how lando was so cool Oh, Lando was cool. Yeah, he was smoking major guns. Um, well, since they have to make every Dude, character... Cloud City. <laughs> Cloud City. I mean, a... what do you think? What do you think they do there? Yeah, well, I mean, where does it get its name? Actually, Cla- no, they, they mine some kind of gas on the planet below. But whatever. I Yeah, think... that's the excuse I use. I, I was, <laughs> that's not weed. I was just mining some gas. Do you think they're going to... See, it seems like they need to make every character someone's child. So do you think they're going to have Finn be Lando's long-lost son? That's deep, yo. It's lame. Um, <laughs> it's it's lame. If they son? have to connect the only black character to the only black character, well, that I, will I, suck. What What if he's like Nee Nub's son or something? Who we Who was in there? Yeah. Um. He, he's a human though. I don't think that there's not. I don't think they've done a lot of alien with human breeding in the Star Wars universe. And I have well, to that's, say that's just not realistic. That's a problem for me. Like yeah. there needs to be. I think the Force can overcome, baby. Like there needs to be some like half and half characters. Some crossover. <laughs> some crossovers. Honestly, you you gonna tell me that there's no no? <laughs> I'm not even gonna do it. What Wookie Nookie thing? Wookie Nookie thing. <laughs> do you think that's how Ewoks came along, like an Ugnot and a Wookie fucked? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Done. That's <laughs> because you notice that we don't see Ewoks until the third movie in the series. We don't see Ewoks, and I'm gonna say this: I will only be happy. And there was contact with Ugnots and the Wookie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now I will say that. If Ewoks appear at any point in these next two movies coming up or any other movies, I want them to be brutal murderers. I want them to be actual, like, feral bear things because they couldn't really do that in Jedi. But it would be so awesome if there were some Ewoks that were just badass Ewoks to kind of redeem that one. They were in a cute way. They were cute, brutal. I don't know. Like at the end of the movie, they just had those empty stormtrooper helmets. They fucking ate them. They ate the dead that they killed yeah. and made musical instruments from, from their, their heads, which is awesome. And if you, if you, but li- they were cute Muppets that did it. No, but if you listen to the sound, it's, that's not a sound of an empty helmet. That's a skull. You believe there's a skull? There's in a there. skull in each one of those helmets. I think that all of the music was made. No, I think no. if <laughs> I think if there are, if there were stringed instruments being played, those were those. The strings were made from the guts, from the intestines of the the. It was mainly drums. Okay, the skins over the drums were stretched skin of of stormtroopers. Yeah. Fine. They were awful. They were going to cook and eat 
everyone they caught until they believed in their gold god, and that's what saved them. Yeah, so the underlying message there is that, you know, if you're about to get eaten by natives, bust out the religion. Here's the thing. If you can turn Ewoks into a little feral bear that three or four grown men couldn't control, like if you went up without blasters and, and you ran into this thing and it had no weapons, it would win, then I'd like Ewoks. What, like it would use nunchucks or something? It has claws and teeth, man. Yeah, but... It just goes into a rolling death frenzy. I'd be more scared if an, if an Ewok just jumped out of a tree with some nunchucks. Okay, it jumps up, it looks like this bladed koala bear... And it rips this guy's face back, rips his neck open, and is clutching his head. And as the body is falling over, it turns and looks at the next person and makes eye contact as the body falls. And it hits the ground and rolls away into the bushes. And then that person's sitting there, and you can hear it moving through the bushes, but doesn't know where it is. It's, That's a badass Ewok. Well, I mean, it, it's not a fucking John Woo movie, shit. That's the kind... Well, we should probably make an Ewok short for YouTube. Well, it's got to involve shit, then. You got to think that it wouldn't be that big. I mean, they were kind of small. I mean, it'd be worse if, if it was, uh, you know, what are those things that do back? The do back is the lizard on Tatooine. Yeah, it'd be way worse to see a fucking do back shit come at you than an Ewok. Because I figure Ewoks. They just lift the tail and spray. Well, no, I mean, it's probably like, you know, they eat, what, a lot of meat? It's probably like dog shit. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing you never saw happen. Like, you'd think that. They're running around the woods. They at least once or twice step in some Ewok shit. Yeah. There's a lot of things missing, really, from the universe as a whole. But so we talked about Starkiller Paste being destroyed. We talked about, uh, we've, now we've talked about. Okay. This, this has so okay. little to do with what would really happen, but I was pretty high earlier. And I was thinking, you know, when the planet's starting to break apart and shit. Yeah. Now, granted, I wouldn't want this, but it still intrigues me. It'd be pretty rad if Yoda came up out of the ground with a rocket pack. And I don't know why. What? But I, Yoda I, is many decades dead. I know, I know, point. but I'm just saying, like, maybe it's his, his spirit or something with a rocket pack. And that way, you could have a comedic way to wake up R2-D2. Like, he's swinging down on this rocket pack and his nutsack hits R2 in the head. And then goes, boom, boom, and then wakes up. Now, here's the thing. Yoda is a force ghost. Yoda does exist as a force ghost. We don't see any force ghosts in this movie. That's another spoiler. However, maybe Yoda actually did wake up R2-D2. We don't see how R2-D2 wakes up in this. By the way, in the end of the movie, R2-D2 wakes up and has uh, some crucial information that helps get us to the next point. I, I just thought it'd be more effective with a, a gag, like a Yoda with a rocket pack, like a Moonraker, like an old style <laughs> rocket pack and just wake R2 up by hitting him in the head with his nutsack. And like the nutsack's super wrinkly because he's like a thousand years old. And this is this is the kind of thing that you do. You draw and animate things like this all the time. Oh, and Matt is now showing me something that he drew maybe an hour, hour yeah, or two so ago. Yoda I've got Yoda. A, rocket pack? A rocket pack. And now I can see a picture of uh, R2-D2 being hit by Yoda's scrotum. Thank you, yeah. scrota. It That's goes, not Yoda. It's a, it could be a living version of Yoda's race called Scrota. But I have the exact sound that go bing. Oh, it's you, the sound that his nuts make when they hit. You've decided that's the sound. Yeah, and then R2 would go whoop, whoop, and then wake up, in the, and then he would have the hologram. If I was making Star and, Wars, and, which is the reason why I'm not. This is why you didn't get asked to make. The funny thing is, the guy who made the movie Brick, 
Brick, a fantastic movie. Is a is, mo- I've never seen it. Is it's it? a fantastic movie. Brick, it sounds like a movie about shit. He, no, but he also made the movie uh, Looper, which some people like, some people don't. But Br- he made Brick first, and it took him many years to make Brick. That guy gets to direct the next film. So it, you just barely missed out. With with heartbreak beat and for the cash, you just probably barely missed the cut of directors that they were going to be. Oh yeah, okay. Be, but if if they had seen these storyboards that you've just showed me, that might have changed things a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, you probably don't want a Star Wars movie with a strong R. Uh, I guess you could tell them, oh well, it's an alien nutsack, so it's okay. If it was a human, then we could understand the the X rating. Because isn't that why zombies are, that they shoot zombies so much is because it's green blood and they go, oh, well, it's not a person. Or black blood because it's like rotted. It's coagulated in the zombie already. Whatever. Anyway. We got to this by talking about the problem with the character Captain Phasma, the silver stormtrooper. But here's the problem. Finn gets Luke's lightsaber. He has the lightsaber and he has a battle with a stormtrooper. And for some reason, this random stormtrooper has a weapon on him that can fight a lightsaber, can block lightsabers, and is a, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it, it's because- he knows who Finn is. He says traitor, and he comes after him, and he's swinging around this like weapon that has energy on it, and they have a lightsaber battle. Well, it's it's twenty or thirty years later. You know, its technology has improved, and uh, right, but Kylo has- Ren trained with Jedi, so he knows what their sabers are made out of. Right, but that's not. Stormtroopers don't run around with lightsabers. Only Jedi use lightsabers. Or if someone has a lightsaber that they got from a Jedi. But it's not standard technology. And if you want to get into the deep crap about it, like the underlying stuff, supposedly you can't make a lightsaber without using the Force. So technology can't build a lightsaber. You have to actually use your own Force power. So it's part of the test of becoming a Jedi. You're able to construct your own lightsaber because you've been able to make something that can hold that power in that way. Therefore you're a Jedi. So once it's made, anyone can turn it on and use it, but it has to be constructed using the Force. Well, maybe that dude knew a Jedi. (laughs) Maybe. But the point is, why not? Why not? And if I had seen the script before they shot, I would have made this suggestion. Why not have Captain Phasma be the stormtrooper that sees him and says, traitor, because they did have an interaction earlier, and they have the battle, and then she could have some cool weapon because she's a super stormtrooper with silver armor. And then we could have seen what her silver armor was. Maybe it deflected stuff better than... So instead of the stormtrooper that fought Finn dying, which happens because it gets shot with Chewie's crossbow or whatever, uh, she could have been defeated, but just injured and gotten away. And that could have been a, something that she could have done, you know, something she could have she could have had an action scene that made sense. And it could have also made sense that a stormtrooper type character could actually go up against Finn with the lightsaber and survive it. Yeah, but Finn wasn't a Jedi, so they had to have someone shitty go against him. Finn wasn't a Jedi, but he was pretty good with that lightsaber when he was killing stormtroopers with it before that one showed up with its stupid little riot control energy weapon thing, whatever it was that it had. Hey, man, he had the element of a surprise. Holy shit, a black dude coming at me. <laughs> That's <laughs> there may be some underlying things in this movie. Well, yeah. Um Yeah, so that so I I was unhappy with Phasma. I'm also unhappy with the idea that for whatever reason But you would but you would have been happy with Phasma if she would have drilled someone's head with, with like breast drills. Sure. Although it would have been way too obvious that they were Remember they're not 
it's not drills in Phantasm. It's blades, and they stick no, in your it's head. Both. It's, they stick it's in your drill. head, and then the drill comes yeah. out. So she'd have to have bladed breastplate that once she stuck you with it, then the drills came out and drilled you, which would be fantastic. A drill out of the vagina? No, 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 the br- breasts. Wait, I mean, if there's two blades, blade for each breast, where would the drill come out of? Oh, yeah, okay. That would be fine. So it'd be, it'd be the uh, blades and the breasts and drill out of the crotch. Well, it'd be like a lightsaber strap-on. Yeah, only it's a drill. A zap-on. Mm, yeah, I guess. But I guess that would be too much because you'd have to make her fly. Yeah, we. there are a lot of problems with what we're talking about. Well, maybe instead of it, like, her as the silver ball, maybe she shoots silver balls out of something. Any of that could have happened, but it didn't happen. She ends up... Or throw a, throw a silver ball. She ends up existing only so that she can be captured by Chewbacca and give up. And she is then used at Blaster Point, because she's a bad Imperial, to turn the shields down on Starkiller Base, which allows the X-Wing fighter squadron to come in and start doing damage. So that is all she's for. And then they infer that they're going to throw her down a garbage chute into a trash compactor. And that's it. She's out of the movie. But you don't know that. No, I know she's out of the movie. We don't know what they did with her. We assume we have to assume they threw her into the garbage chute. Right, but I mean, she could show up in the next episode. She could show up in the next episode. Um, it's weird because you have to think that in the short amount of time from that scene to the destruction of Starkiller Base, she was able to get out of the trash compactor. Yeah, so. It's more likely that Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit. And apparently we're not getting that because... Well, because Solo's not in the story anymore, and if you're going to do a Boba Fett story with no Solo, you fucked up. I read somewhere where they're going to do, like, a side story with Boba Fett. They're doing a... They are making a Boba Fett movie, but it will likely be about Boba Fett earlier. They're doing a young Han Solo movie, too. So, those are my main issues. I don't like that every place they leave is destroyed as they leave it. Like, it seems like every single spot they they go from, including, like, they go to this... Maz, whatever, she's the pirate queen or whatever she is, the little alien. And, you know, Solo talks about how it's, she's been there a thousand years and there's this, there's no defenses. A few Imperial, like, not Imperials, a few New Order or whatever they're called. New Order. What are they called? <laughs> the, <laughs> Joy, the Joy Division? Yeah, this, these guys show up and just destroy the place with not any defenses whatsoever. Um, so that's completely lame. But, like, it seems like every time they leave a planet, leave a village, it's just wiped out. Well, it's because a different director is directing the next one, and Abrams is probably like, hey, I busted my ass coming up with these sets. <laughs> There's no way someone's going to just jump on board and reuse this shit. You don't get to come back. But see, that's it, it leaves a strange feeling of when you leave a place in Star Wars or in Empire Strikes Back, like... The idea is that that world went on. It was part of this greater universe. It was part right. of this well, world. They, they and just... so in this, all the villages are destroyed. The, the pirate castle is destroyed. All these things are destroyed. So it's like, it doesn't go on. It's it's. Well, I mean, they can rebuild the pirate castle. Yeah, they can. It just seems weird. I don't know why you have to... I don't know why choices like that get made. Because kids like to watch shit blow up. Yeah, everything, everything has to be a, we got out at the last minute... Everything has to be a, you know, they live in this world of just total chaos and destruction at all times. In a galaxy far, far away. And the thing is, like, this version of the Empire, whatever this is called, I can't, I don't know why I can't remember right now what we're talking about. First Order? The First Order. This version is so much more fascist and evil than even the Empire was. They are 
They are murderers well, they're on wannabes. a scale that makes the Empire... Because they're wannabes. And that mm. is great. They are wannabes. Like, even Kylo Ren's a wannabe. I mean, he can barely control his shit. He's an emo wannabe. Yeah. He, he's like, okay, you have... Okay, he, he would be mad if I said this, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's this guy, a friend of mine, Blake, who probably... He's got a great voice, writes great songs, but he probably spawned so many of these whiny, like, self-inflecting... Like, ugh, just irritating singers. And, oh, God. And, and it's you just, feel it's like just Kylo bad. Ren is someone who loved Jawbreaker? Yeah, and started their own band <laughs> and whined about shit There's... instead of, like, just said what they were someone thinking. Someone made a Twitter account called Emo Kylo Ren, and they tweet almost from the exact point of view that you're talking about, as if he's, like, a, a, a new emo boy. Well, it's just like he's... Anytime something goes wrong, he starts swinging his saber. So Kylo Ren is the new Darth Vader character. He's young. He, he's Darth Vader light. He's the son of Leia and Han Solo. No, he's not. Oh, no, I, I thought you were talking about the girl. No, no, no. Yeah, so Kylo Ren is the son of Leia and Han Solo. And this is given away early in the movie. Right, Ben Solo. They called him Ben. They named him Ben. He changed his name to Kylo Ren. Kylo is actually Skywalker and Solo. Kylo. And then Ren is apparently because he's part of something Knights of called the Knights of Ren, which isn't explained in the movie. They what? reference it and you they see show them one for shot. a second. Yeah, you see in, one a, shot. In, a, in a dream sequence. She's having a vision. Now, was that a vision or a dream? Whatever. It's, it's not actually happening. She's seeing something that happened that's just him standing with a bunch of these other guys. That it, now, is, it, is that supposed to show that she has Jedi powers or something? Or yeah, but we're getting off. We're getting off. We're talking about Kylo Ren. Or that she's. She ate something bad at the castle. So, so Ben dream. Solo, clearly named after Ben Kenobi, right? Ben Solo is the son of Princess Leia and Han Solo, which means his grandfather is Darth Vader, but his uncle is Luke Skywalker. So he can go either way, and that's the take with him, and he's obsessed with his grandfather. So Kylo in the movie. Ren is a bisexual metaphor? Could be. You could say that. But here's the thing. I actually think that char- that actor, Adam Driver, I think he played the, the character really well. I think having him be young, he's not Darth Vader fully formed. He's he's not through with his training. He flies into fits of rage and destroys shit for no reason. Stormtroopers see stuff exploding and actually turn around and walk the other way in the hallways. It's funny, but it's also like he's out of control and it causes him to make bad out of control decisions. And he thinks he's the shit, and then it it actually turns around and fucks up on him. Like, he makes the call. She has the information we need. We don't need the droid. Well, that wasn't true. And then it, he gets called out for it later by the, the other young bastard uh, fascist imperial dude who says... Oh, the general. He let the droid go. Yeah. Huxley or whatever now, his name is. Now, did he live? Yes. So, okay... Oh, yeah, by the way. This is another confusing thing about the movie. It's, the it's very, hard to tell who dies. The very worst part of this movie is this thing called Supreme Leader Snoke, who has a stupid fucking name. He's this animated thing because you're only ever seeing uh, like a – you think in the beginning he's this giant guy, but he's not. He's just a hologram. He's, he's like a cross between a snake and smoke? I don't know. He's got a dumb name and he looks stupid. He's Andy Serkis's character, Andy Serkis, who did Gollum. He kind of looked like Gollum. Sure. I don't know how he plays into this storyline, but I think he's awful. I hated his voice. I hated the way he acted. I hated the way he looked. I hated everything about it. It didn't matter to me because he was just like supposed to be what the Emperor is in like Empire and Jedi, right? Was he nude? No, I don't know. I can't remember. I could have swore he was like 
partially naked. So at least. he tells Hux or Huxley or whatever. He tells him to get Kylo Ren and bring him to me. And that's when the planet's collapsing. So Kylo Ren, spoiler, gets defeated in a combination duel with Finn and Rey. Rey, who we haven't even talked about yet, who's the main character of the whole movie, the female character who I believe is probably a Skywalker. Matt disagrees, or he might agree in a weird way. No, I agree that it's a Skywalker. Okay, so hold on. He gets He's left laying in the snow, bloody and bashed and beaten and cut up with a lightsaber, but alive. So what we hear right before the planet explodes is Supreme Leader Snoke telling the, the guy who's the Grand Moff Tarkin character, if you want to... It's like we're watching the childhood version of Darth Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin. So these two, he tells that character, go get him, bring him to me. So we have to assume they, they live. They don't, they're not going to kill all these main characters off screen. Wait, bring him to me? To Snoke. Bring him to Snoke. Right, but do they show that Hux guy escaping? No, no, we don't see any of that. We just, we'll have well, to see, just find out. Well, see, that's another thing. Is like, you, you can't tell he dies in this. No, you can't. You you have to assume that everyone on the planet died, but they had they had big like Star Destroyers and shit too. Yeah, when Han so, a spoiler when Han Solo falls over the edge, uh, killed by his own son. That's where also you could bring Yoda with a rocket pack back in and save his ass. <laughs> Yoda with a rocket pack. Yeah, you it's to. like not time to die, you. By the way, I'm gonna need a picture of Yoda with the rocket pack. Um, I'm just going to take that picture with my phone and I'll put it up on the blog page for this so people can see. How about see. the scrotum? Yeah, no, we can do it all. We can do it all. We'll put all this stuff in there. So people or can scrota see. or whatever you call them. <laughs> scrota. So, yeah. There was also... Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. And this is actually a thing. People are getting all pissed off. You turning pages? I can't talk here. Well, no. I, I Don't forget this one either. Okay. So people are complaining that in the end of the movie, Finn and Rey together are able to defeat Kylo Ren in a lightsaber battle. But what people aren't taking into account is that Chewbacca shoots Kylo Ren with his bowcaster, which throughout the whole movie is shown as being this like brutal weapon. Kylo, he gets shot. He takes the shot and falls to one knee. And after that has the battle with Finn and Rey. And they show him bleeding in the snow from the blast hole. So, I mean, he is already injured. So that's supposed to be the thing that gives them the edge. And they don't even really have the edge. Finn gets hurt so bad, you think he might be dead in the end of the movie. They're acting like he could be. Well, and also, Kylo is trying to get his anger up by punching himself in the wound. Yeah. Is is he trying to get his anger up, or is he just trying to control it? Like, well, he's hitting it. Yeah, so. it's it's actually pretty fucking awesome that he keeps punching himself in the spot where he was shot by yeah, Chewbacca. Yeah, so he's, he's trying to get his anger up. These are we told you there would be spoilers, so let's leave all of this he's and let's go, go back to the, to the character of Rey because Rey is the star of the movie. She is by far, I think, the most compelling thing about this new. new well, of series. course, because like the first ten minutes she's on the screen, it it reminds me of of uh, Valley of the Wind. Oh, you you think. Yeah. I mean, the style. He's got a real Nausicaa thing going on there. Yeah. I mean. If like people the... don't know what this is, there's a fantastic anime called Valley of the Wind, Nausicaa, Valley Nausicaa. of the Wind. They Nausicaa. called it Warriors of the Wind, I think, when they made a really bad, like, U.S. translation version. But watch the original Japanese. It's phenomenal. And yeah, it she does have that vibe. Like the goggles and all. Because she shows up in that cartoon with her face covered and everything and on a floating ship. Very good. Across the sand. Very good. So she's scavenging through a destroyed Star Destroyer on another desert planet that's not Tatooine. And when you see where she lives... Jakku! She's been left there apparently since she was a little girl. 
And in the little pan through her room, there's an X-Wing pilot doll in the old school, like orange and white flight suit. In well, her, and a helmet. And she has an X-Wing helmet also that she wears for fun. Because she's, she's not much. I mean, she's probably, what do you think she's supposed to be? 18, 19 years old in this? 20? I think she's supposed to be like the age Princess Leia was. Okay. So like 19 yeah. or whatever. So she's been left there and she's waiting for someone to come back and get her who said that they would come back and get her when she was dropped off there as a little girl. This character ends up being able to speak droid language. She speaks Wookiee language. She's a fantastic pilot and she just knows how to do it, which is a Skywalker trait. That's been something that's established in all the movies, that they're, they are naturally fantastic pilots. Um, she only she doesn't know very much. She's basically been like kept away from things, but she knows a little bit of legend and lore. She knows who Skywalker is. She knows who Han Solo is. She doesn't know that this trashed old spaceship that she thinks is a hunk of junk that the guy that she works for owns, that that's the old Millennium Falcon. She doesn't know until she has to escape in it later. All right. So a lot of people are speculating that she's either a Kenobi or a Skywalker, but somehow she has to be in a family connection to some of these people. You had the strangest, because I, I, as I would expect, had the strangest idea about what this is. See, was. I don't think it's strange. It's, Tell me it's who obvious. you think the character of Rey is. It's the ancestral child of Leia and Luke, because every trilogy has to have a kind of moment. Because they the, all have Ugh moments. Yeah, huh? you know, in the original trilogy, it was the point where you find out Leia was a sister. And, and well, you realize they had kissed in yeah. the other movies. Yeah. Well, you just assume they fucked, too, after that party and they got the medals. You know, you get the medal, you get the pussy. Anyway, the uh, and then the second... Wait, 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 wait. So you think that there's no way after that medal, after they saved the world, that she didn't give it up? Yeah, they're both all cleaned up and shit and looking and they do the smile thing. Wait, do you think they high-fived over her back? They're dudes! Even I don't know the... how you pronounce it, but on that day it was Leia. Oh, shit. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's like, you got to think about it this way. Okay. If a brother and sister have have a kid, it's like all embarrassing. and You don't want the scandalous rags and the inquirer to get a hold of it. So, you know, you just dump her off on a planet. I, what I think would be phenomenal about your idea is, because, if, no, no, wait, is wait. if they had found a way to work it in that she had accidentally gotten pregnant before they knew they were brother and sister and that this was the secret love child, but then she would have to be like 30. She couldn't be the age she is now. She has to be a little bit older. She had to be like 30, 35. We don't know how much they're fudging the time frame, but. Well, I mean, it's just obvious. Like, you know, Leia and that and Ray hug and they, they have that familiarity. And it's because she's mom. It's because she's she's family. And I think there's, there's a very weird, you talked about how it seemed like there was a bunch of stuff cut out of the movie. And there is one really strange moment in the end of this movie where Han Solo has died. And the last time we saw him with Leia, they were hugging and she was saying, bring our son home. And then they get in the Millennium Falcon and they fly away. When they come back after destroying Starkiller base, they get out. Leia has never seen the character of Rey before. In fact, she re she refers to her earlier as just that a girl. I heard about the girl, right? She doesn't know who it is. So as they're walking off the Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca walks past Leia far on the left and doesn't even look at her. And they have no moment whatsoever. Although earlier in the movie, when they hadn't seen each other, Chewbacca walks right up and hugs her. So after the death of the thing that connects Chewbacca and Leia, he snubs her and walks away. It's very strange. 
unless he knows that he has to get out of the way because there's a family moment happening. Now, it's because he's repulsed about the love child. Oh, because in Wookiee culture, in Wookie culture you get put to death for that? Something. You know, they're kind of primitive. So he's just, you know, it's, it, it's a cultural thing. He, he's discussed. So you don't think anything was cut out? You think we were supposed to assume that Wookiee was like, fuck you? Well, he wasn't like, fuck you. He was just like, oh, this is kind of gross. Like, you know, brother and sister fucking. Where are we, the South? But then he has no problem. But then she becomes, in the end of the movie, she literally becomes Han Solo. She is the pilot of the Millennium Falcon with Chewie as her co-pilot. And they fly away with R2-D2 to find Luke Skywalker. To find dad. Dad, uncle, whatever. Eh, it's better if it's incest. I think what ends up happening is, I don't think it's better. I think what's going to end up happening is this allows a storyline of, well, then who was my mother? Because that then becomes another bit of lore they can put into the story. I mean, was it Phasma? Is she the child of Skywalker and Phasma? No, it was Maud. <laughs> that is canon. It is, if it's canon, it's canon. Oh, it was guilt action on Life Day. Oh, he was kicking up ash. <laughs> to bring it back to the stuff. He had he a liked. golden girl times too. A golden shower girl. A gilf. Ugh. Whatever, dude. Sassy ashy. That's in, that's in your future. What? Oh, yeah, because I'm going to try to fuck a spinster and collect the money after she has a heart attack when we fuck. No, I just figured that we were both getting older and you would just keep returning to, you know, the source. So... I think that's basically the overview of the movie. That's all I really wanted to say about it. And I love, I'm, <laughs> I just, I don't know why I seriously don't have any idea why I keep thinking that it would have been, been improved by my Yoda in a rocket pack. But for some reason, I just, yeah, I, I don't know if you're going to stop at this drawing. You might actually end up animating that. And if you do, we'll put that up too. Oh man. I, I don't need Disney to come after me. Their legal team. But, uh, so this has been a special episode. No white slides, no yellow lens. Well, we talked no. about stormtroopers. That was kind of race related. We'll get back to all Spacey, that. Spacey, racy. We've been, we've got, had questions asked by people from other podcasts. I got an email from Japan about the white slides segment. Oh uh, no. I got, there's definitely stuff that we're going to be able to visit. There's nothing more difficult than explaining something to somebody from the motherland. Well, it was Sean O'Leary. He lives there now. Oh. That's all, it's all good, though. Still. So we're going to get to all that on the next real episode of The Token Asian. But for now, we're going to sign off with this one. I do want to say, people, if you're enjoying what we're doing with The Token Asian, number one, please tell people about it. Like, link it on your Facebook or your, your Twitter. Say, hey, listen to this. Listen to these guys. Uh, that would be awesome. The more people that listen to the show, the, I don't know. I mean, we're going to keep doing them anyway, to be honest. But it'd be really cool if I could look and see the plays and see that more people are listening. Wow, Dave, beg him. Um, well, yeah, you, that's what you got to do. When, you know. Please, please listen. Please. please, oh God, listen to this. If you don't listen, then we can't make more. We want to make more, so please listen. Oh, fuck. Pico. So whenever you do that voice for some reason, I, I, I don't know. Jerky voice. Yes, I don't know. Oh, can you pass the gravy, please? Um, the other things. Is there mushrooms be... in this gravy? It would be super helpful if people could go on iTunes and rate and review the show. Give us a five-star rating. Don't have to review it if you want, but it would be hilarious if you'd write something on there. Um, That would be super helpful. And you know what? We need questions for the Ask Matt section, or, you know, as we call it, Dear Ashy. 
See, I, that that's kind of weird because it makes it sound like I'm ashy, and the last time I checked, I'm not. I know. You say this every time. It's fine. <laughs> we So I have the testicles of a 20-year-old. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to get questions to Matt. Probably the best way, just the way to get in contact, is to go to the Facebook page for Nobody's Knows, which is the podcast network that this show is on. So go to Facebook.com slash Nosy Nobody. Like the page. You can contact us there. You can find our email address. You can send a question in that way. Um, you know what? Contact us in whatever way you can. Find us. We're out there. Get a question to Matt so he can answer it uh, in one of the future episodes for please, you. Please, please, no selfies. Uh, send selfies. Send everything. Also, uh, those rolling papers. Uh. Matt acts like he doesn't want this kind of interaction, but we've got people. Doug Lawless can filter all this stuff out and get to Matt what Matt needs to see. That That's Doug's job. Wait, are you talking about, like, titty shots or something? Whatever anyone wants to send you, Matt. Like, full-on bush action? Are we going to go deep in the, the bush? The band? Oh, like in Australia. Harry Vag, Dave. <laughs> I'm talking about Harry Vag. So, I'm asking people to spread the word about the show and to help us on iTunes, and you're saying you'd like photos of... Harry Vag. You heard it, people. Send no, it I mean, at least trim the shit before you send the pic. Nobody's knows DL at gmail.com. That gets directly to us. Trim it. This podcast is a product of the Nobody's Knows Podcast Network. Executive Producers, David R. Larson and K. Drake Streetman. Music for this episode provided by The Hit from the record Shermer, Illinois. Next time on The Token Asian. I'm noticing I'm starting to talk like a white guy that thinks they're culturally uh, knowledgeable. Oh, wait, are you worried that doing this show is going to make you... More is, like Whitey? Yeah. Is it going to drag you towards white culture? I think I'm already there, but sometimes so, I even think I'm one of you. One of me? Or what of you in the grander sense? Well, you know, white. So I can't say for sure. I think pe people get the name Crystal from parents that aren't very smart. Okay, this is a call out to every Asian out there. There are too many fucking jades, so cut it out. Just stop naming your girls Jade. That's a cool name, though. It's not a cool name. Not See, when they're all porn stars. Yeah, I'm just saying. Those look like two alien eggs from the first movie. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Wendy Whoppers. Oh. They look like the eggs from Aliens. I always imagine when I see them that two... It, oh, that's probably where they got Chestburster. If I was making it, there'd be an ass hugger. Yeah, I'm just saying. What I was talking about earlier was... The animation of the penis versus the vagina, but like in Godzilla mode. So it's Coctilicus versus the Mega Vaginosaurus. And the, well, what shouldn't it be Mecha Mecha Vagina? Like, well, I don't, I don't want to animate a robot vagina. I already got the animation frame set for the real thing. Yeah, I'm just saying. Most of what Matt just described, I'm looking at now, drawn out in cartoon form in a notebook. Did you ever see that? Nobody's knows pulsing penis ship thing. 
No. Oh, okay, I gotta send that one to you. I can't explain my brain sometimes. In fact, I thought instead of a hobbit, maybe it could actually just be a talking scrotum, but then again, I was really hitting that new bong pretty hardcore. When we don't follow the rules that we've been assigned, that's when things break down, Dave. Yeah, I'm just saying. If you need a ride in the Seattle area, use Black Crown Car Service. Black Crown Car is your best option for rides in Seattle. Ah, Seattle, jewel of the Pacific! Download the app for your mobile device at www.blackcrowncar.com. Oh, I take the Crown Car so I can meet with many concubines! Black Crown's professional drivers are the best in the business. Oh, loose women. On demand or reserve, cash or card, 24-7. Whatever you need, Black Crown Car will be there for you. No brown eye here, Yankee.